This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Joy 94.9 presents Absolutely Everybody. Sponsored by and presented by Anecto, the People Network. Absolutely everybody, only on Joy 94.9. Today we are here in the studio with the fabulous Amy and um, I'm Zoe. Amy, you have, let's let's find out a little bit more about the Amy. We hear the, uh, the Amy Chingay of Anecto um, and the Speakers Bureau and um, the, the, the person who comes in as the, as the voice on absolutely everybody. Mm. But tell us a little bit more about who, who is Amy, really? Oh, that's a... That's a big question. question. Um, I'm a 30-something social work student who is a wheelchair user. Um, for those that like labels or are interested in labels, I have CP, cerebral palsy, um, and yeah, I've got around in a wheelchair since I was about four and a half. Mm. And you've had, you've got a shopping list, let's face it, you've got a shopping list of um, physical conditions that you've had to overcome. Yeah, I do like collecting um, diagnoses <laughs> and labels. You do. I don't always believe in them, but they're useful uh, occasionally. Yeah, well, you know, get a, get a sense. And Because today we're going to be talking about resilience, and mm. I guess it's... Who better to tell us about resilience than someone who well, is the resilience queen? Thanks for that. <laughs> Not a label you necessarily want. I wouldn't want. quite go that far, but um, well, yeah. I mean, the uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary tells us that uh, that the definition of resilience is the ability to become strong, healthy, or successful again after something bad happens. Yeah, that kind of describes my life. It does, doesn't it? In a way, you're yes. kind of a resilience officer, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, keeping that in mind, what are, what are some of the, I guess, the the health issues that have made me have been resilient? a bit of a yeah have made you resilient or the um in no particular order, um I've suffered depression for mm-hmm. most of my life since mm-hmm. I was probably about seven or eight. Um, so I've dealt with that off and on for most of my life and many years. Um, more recently I've had a blood clot in my leg, so that's why I haven't been on the radio very much mm. this year. And that's meant some hospitalisation. Dealing with that. Yeah, I've been to hospital a few times. Mm. Not my favourite place. Um, but they were mostly lovely, which was a nice surprise. Um... And I have chronic pain issues, mm. so I've been dealing with that for most of my life. Um, yeah. That's kind of enough, really. It's, it's a fair amount. Yeah, chronic pain's a hard one, and there yeah. are a lot of chronic pain sufferers out there. Joy. We're talking about um, resilience today with Amy, and because Amy's had a fascinating background, uh, we've decided that she is uh, the Queen and Officer of um, Resilience. Uh, based on the fact that resilience is the ability to become stronger, healthier or successful again after something bad happens. <laughs> and um, I wanted to ask you, what's your first memory of hospital? How, how old were you and what was going on? I would have been about three or four, I think. Okay. Um, and at that stage they were, in order to make your muscles kind of 
play ball and be a little bit more um, relaxed. They used to cut your hamstrings and your groin muscles. Oh, my goodness. And your tendons around Ah. that area and stuff. So I went into hospital when I was a little tacker um, to have some of that done. Yeah. And remember laying in a hospital bed that seemed to have giant sides. Um, Wow. And yelling to my mum that I didn't I didn't want to go in and I didn't want to have it done. And then they gave me the anaesthetic and the whole room spun. And I just remember trying to fight it and obviously losing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, waking up and being in um, plaster on both legs from wow. sort of all the way up to my hips. And so... And did you have those caliper... The- the connected. I remember. I remember yeah, seeing like kids at school with a bar in between. Yeah, the bar in between. But this was actually plaster yeah, right. after the operation, so I couldn't crawl or do anything. And I remember being on the floor in my house in the lounge room. I think trying to play with the cat because mm-hmm. we had a kitten at that point. He was only little. We got him when I was about two. So I think he would have been one or two at that stage and trying to play with him and not being able to, like, do anything because I couldn't crawl. <laughs> couldn't reach him or anything. Um, yeah, and my brother had to go into hospital at some point for a minor operation during that mm. same period and he got so stressed out because he thought he was going to come out like me and have oh, plaster wow. all over his legs well, and stuff. Because things people don't know about yeah. you, you're a twin. I am a twin. So I completely understand why your brother would may- maybe have those thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So to, um, I remember they, when they brought me home, they brought me home in the ambulance and they played the siren and things for my brother to cheer him up. So, yeah, I was laying in the bedroom listening to the sirens going off. It's funny the things you remember. you remember. I don't know why I remember that particularly, but I do. Yeah. So. And have, have you been involved in any kind of, I mean, when you were in hospital, I imagine that they would have been pretty fascinated about oh, your yeah. condition. and it's is kind that, of why I hate hospitals because mm. you become sort of this specimen of, ooh, that's interesting. Look at the way her spine curves like that. Yeah. Ooh, I wonder why she's got no speech impediment when most people with this level of severe CP do. Ooh, like, yeah. you know, you become a bit of a anomaly, so they like to study yeah. left, right and centre, but... That's yeah. So, so what? What were I guess some of the fr- some of the frustrations? And I, I mean, it can't be can't be easy, particularly at that age. Whilst children are very resilient anyway, you know, they mm. they they kind of that's the normality. You don't have anything to you know to balance it against. Yeah. Um, what were some? What are some of your tips? Because it, starting from four, it's been an ongoing uh, place of visitation, the yeah, hospital for you. Yes. So, so what are some of your I guess, what are some of the key challenges that, that people experience, do you think, um, and what are some of your tips for experiencing hospital as a better place? The key challenges personally are just communication, basically. Yeah, okay. Um, a lot of the professionals, uh, not intentionally, but they see the diagnosis, the label, the what have you, and decide to interact with whoever happens to be in the room rather than yourself. Ah. And that's the biggest challenge. Right, so me. people not not speaking so, directly to yeah. you but speaking to either carers or other people Parents who are there. Parents or, or friends or, or whoever's in the room, they will speak 
not always, but mm. a lot of the time, mm. to that other person. And I know a lot of other wheelies in particular, we've experienced similar things yeah. outside of hospitals as well. Sure. But it is particularly difficult in hospital because, A, you're not very well, so it's harder to advocate mm. for yourself. And B, you actually need to get that information that they're telling you. And if they're not telling it to you, that can make things more difficult. Yeah, and just being able to ask questions and have them answered. So I tend to try and call them out on it a bit more than I ever used to. When I was a kid, I kind of just got introspective and didn't question them on it because I didn't want to have that argument or I didn't quite know how to do it yet. And the other thing is too, we're, we're often told, well, that's the professional. You know, the doctor's the professional, so you let the the doctor speak and they'll tell you what you need and what you don't need. But So over time, one of the things you've... What I'm hearing is one of the things that you you do is you now... A question, say, um, hold on a minute, how's this going to affect me or what's going on here? Yeah, you try and redirect them or, you know, as my mum has done a few times, she'll just eyeball them and say, well, don't talk to me. She's the one that goes to university. Great. I've, I've never, I've never <laughs> been to university, so um, you know. So that's a good one. So for allies um, and mates who are with, to to remember to redirect other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what, what the, to make a hospital visit, I guess, more tolerable or to get through it? What are some of the techniques that you've used? Um, some of the more recent ones. Just simple things. I take earplugs and oh. sleep masks with me. That's such so a good that idea. I can block out some of the beeping, yeah. incessant beeping of machines and yeah. things. Because they're such noisy places. Yeah, and people, I find it too bright as well. Yeah, so. people go and have an, uh, an operation, need to go and recover, and then you've got someone annoying you every three hours for <laughs> blood or something. Yeah. Yeah, that great idea. So take the sleeping mask mm-hmm. and the earplugs. Yeah. That's a good And one. also, I like to have. Um, something to listen to, so mm. either a radio or um, some music or something so that when you're feeling a bit down and your mind starts jumping 20 steps ahead and you're starting to catastrophize and feeling scared or anxious about something, that way it um, can relax you and distract you enough yeah. to kind of get your mind out of that repetitive negative uh, yeah, so when you've got thoughts that are going around and around in your head, negative thoughts, yeah. it's distractions, that's, a, that's yeah. a good one. So some of the distractions that you use are, are music, like DVDs, videos, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, yep. Radio, that sort of thing, or texting or calling a friend and saying, I'm kind of on the edge of freaking out here. Um, <laughs> tell me about your day. <laughs> How, how's Felix the cat going? Yeah. Or, you know, talk about someone else's stuff. Yeah. yeah. So call a friend, talk about other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the things you would say to avoid? Like what are, what are some of the pitfalls that, that, um, that can take you to, I much. guess, take you to the place that you don't want to go that do- doesn't help your resilience? Yeah, um, try not to take everything on board in the sense that if the doctors say, okay, well, it could be this or it could be this or whatever, don't automatically think it is. 
<laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, right. I, you, uh, right, in five minutes, uh, right, I'm dying. Yeah, That's well, it. Well, I had a brain scan recently when I was in hospital um, for one reason or another. That's enough to and make I, you nervous. I, yeah, I automatically jumped 20 steps to, okay, I've got a brain tumour yeah. and I'm done for. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> so... I mean, you know, they might find something, but it doesn't actually help me to jump 20 steps ahead. It's more helpful to go, okay, well, here's what they found or didn't find. Now, what do I do to make myself be able to keep going? Yeah, right. So you find your own kind of bliss, I suppose, you, your own kind of space and try not to go into uh, catastrophizing into... Yeah, I wish it was bliss but it's more just trying to not <laughs> not not look at the dark clip and go oh let's just see what's at the bottom like let's just yeah. go 20 steps ahead and and okay and see how scared we can get when really you don't need to do that until mm. you have more information and even then you then got to rein it in so that you're like okay well I've been scared or anxious or miserable for a while so now I've got a choice. Am I going to keep doing that or am mm. I going to find ways to push through, through and it. find another version of living that's not quite so mm. hard? She's a really – you make a really good point as far as, you know, just being conscious about – your choices of what you're going to do from here on, sustain conscious. Joy. I wanted to get back to that aspect of there's a whole body of work around positive psychology um, and, you know, and the benefits of positive thinking and they've measured all sorts of brainwaves and chemicals and hormone changes and things like that. And we know that there are great benefits when people are in a positive frame. Yeah. Um, but... Where does that get to the point? Where does that cross over to positive thinking? And um, do you have people who use platitudes with you, or maybe around? I mean, that's the aspect that concerns me with just saying cheer up. You know, if you if you just think positively, yeah, that positive and, things and, will happen. And just don't worry about it. Don't why worry. Why are you worrying about it? Because mm. and it's. You know, I understand that it comes from a place of love and people yeah. don't want to see you suffer. But there are times when you just can't turn off that little mm. devil in your head that's, you know, mm. jumping 20 steps ahead and telling you that you might feel <clears throat> this unwell forever. And mm. <laughs> um, what's the point? Yeah. Sort of thing. Sometimes those <laughs> thoughts come in and so being able to recognise them rather than ignore them. Yeah, and, yeah. and manage them okay. and make sure that as you're feeling them, you don't let them trigger you to dangerous mm. levels, mm. but you allow yourself to actually experience them and express the emotion mm. and the anger and the sadness and the mm. um, fear that comes with it. So what do you do when you when you... When that triggering happens, what are some of the, the, the things that you, over the years, you've realised actually have helped? Um, I try and tell someone about it. If not on the day, then um, a little time later. So sharing it. Just so that people are aware that, you know, I'm not coping as well mm. as I normally would. So rather than when people say, oh, how are you going? You say, good. 
Yeah, no, we, I'm a social worker. I, I, we don't take good or fine <laughs> as, an as an answer. We're like, okay, what's really going on? Yeah, great. Um, so yeah. amongst um, the bunch of friends that I went to uni with and a few other, oh, that's my friend. That's oh, goodness, so there's people wanting to, there's oh, people wanting to, wanting to speak to you. There you go. I'm, I'm so out of tune with radio. I didn't turn my phone on silent for the first time in a year and a half. Oh, uh, that happens. Illness brain. It's like mama brain, but, you know, it's your body's fighting Hospital illness brain. instead of having yeah. a baby. Yeah, right. It's quite similar, actually. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah, sometimes you do forget bits and pieces, not beat yourself up about it, maybe. Yes. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. Because I imagine there's um, that it'd be so easy to beat yourself up about, you know, not being at your prime function when you're not feeling that great. Um, yes, it is yeah. quite easy. Yeah. Um, but luckily, thank you to all my fabulous friends and family who like to remind me that I'm doing a pretty damn good job considering all the things that are happening at the moment, mm. um, which is good to remind yourself of and give yourself some credit for... Um, not falling in a heap entirely and even for those who have fallen in a heap maybe it's just what you need to do at the time and give yourself permission to do that Mm. sometimes things happen and we just can't cope yeah i call them doona days sometimes sometimes i just need a doona day you know where i think okay today is my doona day and i take my doona and i go to my couch and i'm just going to watch movies that day and i'm just going to there are no rules that day i'm allowed to eat what i like i'm allowed to drink what i like like and i just have a doona day which is a self-care day of me giving permission and taking control of the day i i don't know about you but i Mm. think some Organisations should have a do day. that as like a national <laughs> fundraising mental health awareness day. I love we could, that. Maybe we could start That's something great. during Mental Health Week. Yeah, have your have your own doona day. So yeah, stop, sometimes sometimes just stopping, just being able to reflect yeah. and and allow yourself that permission. But reaching out, how important? Because I don't imagine you've always reached out. I mean, no. you've you've learnt to do no. that. You, you're. I'm very self reliant. Mm. Um, it's always been a bit of a paradox for me, given that my disability has meant that there are things that I just cannot do, no matter how much I will myself. Mm. Um, but the flip side of that is I'm an incredibly independent person in every other way possible. Mm. So I'm not always good at saying to people, Actually, can you give me a hand with that? Like, yeah. I'd rather struggle and try and do it myself to prove that I can do it. I don't think many of us are good at that, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think many of us like to ask for help at all. Yeah, but it's a weird paradox when you actually have to do that every day because you literally can't get yourself out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that kind of paradox plays on my mind a lot. Yeah, yeah good point. Um, But, mm. yeah, it's just one of the more interesting things that... You've seen some of the benefits of it, obviously, too, in in being able to reach out to someone when you're not having a great time. Oh, yeah. And and, being and I do that for other people as well. Like, I'm very, very good at yeah, so doing, you gotta doing walk that the for talk. other people. So, <laughs> yeah, I would much rather have a honest, difficult conversation with one of my friends who's going through something mm. rather than go, oh, I don't want to listen to that right now, so I'll just pretend you're fine. Yeah, let's watch another episode of Housewives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. 
click on the podcast tab via the new Joy website for the, the best, best of, of joy. joy. Joy.org.au Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.